Welcome to worshipteamtraining.com. This is the Worship Team Training Podcast with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey guys, welcome back to our countdown of our top three podcasts of 2022 on Worship Team Training Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. The number two spot goes to Cynthia Cullen. Cynthia, we've had her several years back on other podcasts, and let me tell you, I cannot find a better vocal instructor who is so in tune with not only her methodology of delivering the instruction for the voice, but has a great personality and a great heart for people. She's also a worship leader. And we had her back over this past summer to talk about She coined the phrase, see what you sing, sing what you see. Apparently, it was a big hit for all you singers because you've nominated as number two as the most listened to podcast of 2022. And she talks about how we place our notes and how we make our words determine a huge difference in supporting the melody. So for a great vocal workout and some great hands-on instruction. Let's turn it now to Cynthia Cullen. Hope you enjoy. Today we got worship leader vocalist Cynthia Cullen. Um, besides her being a good friend of mine, uh, she's a musician vocalist for the past 30 years. She started music when she was five. She ended up with a music degree in sacred music with an emphasis of piano vocal at Liberty University and also have produced vocals in the Atlanta area area, and also served as worship leader, which she still is, over at Hilton Head Island Church. She and her husband started this church there, uh, planted it at Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. So we have her today. Great to have you, Cynthia. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Awesome. Yay. It's been so long and it's been great to catch up. Yes, so, absolutely. So what so when we when we talk about this um, topic, see what you sing and seeing what you see, this has to be um, visualizing our vocals. So can you talk about that? What is important to singers when it comes to visualizing your vocals? For me, in preparation for leading worship, it's so important that I think about where each of the notes are. I was always the keyboard player that sang. So I didn't start out being a vocalist. So being that I'm usually leading worship from an instrument, um, I'm always thinking about two things, leading the band and sometimes leading worship, being the lead vocalist. So for me, my preparation during the week before Sunday, because I want Sunday to be worship. I don't want to be focused on the task and the details, um, visualizing where my notes were in all the songs I was leading just became something as a practice of what I would do in preparation. Some of it was out of just sure resource because I would sing through a passing phrase and like, I don't think I actually sang those notes correctly. I would go back and listen to previous Sundays and go, man, I thought I did that differently. And so I kind of discovered in my process of leading worship over the years that I was being very lazy in my prep before Sunday and thought, oh, I know the song. I know it. I'm good. And I really didn't because when all of that, you know, obviously adrenaline and just even say adrenaline, but the Holy Spirit, everything happening in worship, 
which is wonderful. I really wasn't vocally as prepared for those things because I really had not visualized where I was placing each of the notes. I mean, I really noticed it on passing tones. That was like the number one way I discovered it in listening back. So I started this process of visualizing where the notes are. And the best way I could see it, I'm a visual person, was like a Christmas tree and putting ornaments on a tree. You just don't throw them. I mean, my kids sometimes like to do that, but it's about really being strategic and placing those in the right spot. So when I began to prepare, I started thinking about every passing tone and where was I putting that and how did it connect to the line before as a keyboard player. And as a classical pianist um, through college, we were taught to practice with two measures and one note. So you'd play two measures in the note, and then you would just do that section over and over again. I think that led me to this idea of thinking through visually where every note is as I prepare. And as I sing a line in my preparation for leading the church and being the, the one welcoming people in to participate with me in worship. Mm. That's that's awesome. So I, it, very easily we we slip into that habit, like you say, when it comes to worship, anxiety, nervousness, and yet we're not thinking about the words that we're singing. Um, but you also mentioned something very important: important preparation. So if we were to put those two together, visualization and preparation, in order to be free to worship, what does that mean? Well, preparation is key. I. I always would tell our teams and I have that my ability to be completely prepared is a huge proponent to the worship experience as the leader. And I don't want anything that I'm not doing during the week to be a hindrance and lack of preparation can be a hindrance to a worshiping environment where you're asking people to join you. If you're not prepared, you don't know the words, you're not really sure of the phrasing. You're not really sure of all those things. Um, and again, I think that goes back to a little bit of classical training as a musician, but as worship leaders, when we're trying to create the most excellent offering, which is what we try to do on Sundays, is as the Dr. Weber always said, our, our job is to create an environment where people uh, passionately worship God. Where That's why we're there, to celebrate who He is and what He's done. It's the highest calling as a musician and as an artist, for me, at least it has been. And that preparation before we stand before others to invite them with us, they go hand in hand. I know from experience this, the weeks, and we all have it. Every six days, we have to create a service. And those weeks where I was not prepared, and I've had many of those. Um, I'm not flawless in this approach at all. And um, I've been disappointed in myself that I just didn't take the time to be more prepared and that I didn't get to worship fully as a worship leader because I was so worried about some of the stuff because I hadn't taken time the six days previously to really prepare. But, you know, there's a school of thought, though, that worship leaders have that come in. They think, yeah, but you've heard this so many times, but this is for God. You know, I mean, yeah, I need to practice, um, but God knows my heart. I had a rough week. This morning wasn't good. I didn't have my coffee, whatever. And, um, you know, I'm just going to let the Spirit lead me. What do you say to that when, you know, the intention, there's still good intentions from those who um, maybe they um, prepared themselves that way in leading worship, but is there also a deficit, something that they're not seeing? Yes, um, this is a hot button for me 
has been with all of my worship teams and they laugh. If you were to ask anybody on my worship teams, they would laugh. They're like, oh, Cynthia's favorite question uh, about the spirit leading versus preparation. That's why you're here. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've always struggled with this. Um, and maybe it is because I'm a trained musician and I've done professional musical things outside of the church, um, not just inside the walls. And for me, there is a part definitely that the Holy Spirit plays in. There are times I can tell you right now, no amount of preparation would have done what God did in that moment. My preparation as a worship leader is about me not being a hindrance Mm. to the spirit being free. And the biggest hindrance is lack of preparation. Because if we're not prepared with words, lyrics, prayed through what we want to think through, uh, talk about our, like, think in our minds, how do I want to prepare this song? How do I want to set this song up for people? You know, what is God teaching me this week in these six days preceding about this song before I stand before others and invite them with me? So it's the mental preparation, the emotional, the prayer, all of those things, and the musical. It's sometimes we get the cart before the horse and Yes, we need all these spiritual things, but we are first and foremost artists. Hey, worship leaders, we're going to take a quick break from our podcast because I'm excited to tell you about a brand new worship team training workshop that's happening January 24th, 2023 in sunny Orlando, Florida. We've teamed up with the great folks at Wave Conference head on over to wave-event.co and get training for your team to help reach the next level in serving your church community through worship. Again, mark your calendars for Orlando, Florida, January 24th, 2023. Register now, www.wave-event.co. That's wave-event.co. Now, Let's return to our podcast. The Bible is clear about, you know, play skillfully with a loud. There's skill is something that is definitely communicated all throughout scripture when it refers to artists. And that skill is our job to be prepared. So I don't look at it as it's a, it's a either or. I don't want to be a hindrance to the Holy Spirit being free to work and move. And the way that I can get out of the way is to be fully prepared to the best of my ability with the time that I have to be ready for Sunday or whenever that worship experience happens. Right. Okay, cool. So can you take us through musically? Can you play mm-hmm. something um, piano? And then can you help us understand what you mean by vocalizing, mm-hmm. um, seeing it in our minds, visualizing the note? Can you take us through that as an example? Yes. Um, I'd like to use a song that I'm, working on for Sunday, just something that's really happening this week. I'm at, I'm at home. I brought my keyboard home uh, to work on this. Um, I'm leading a song that's a little hard for me. Um, I'm an alto worship leader. (laughs) Thank you, Kim Walker Smith for being our our champion. Um, And that's hard for me when I have more of a eight to nine octave range on a song. So that's a struggle for me. So I know I'm going to have to prepare a little more because that's not vocally my strength to have that much of a song. But the song we're seeing is going to require me to kind of really work on that and think through that because I'm singing with others, but I'm leading it. Um, so yesterday when I met with our worship team, we walked through the, the vocal parts 
and I'm leading. There's someone singing above me, a, a, a female third above me, and then a, a, another guy is a third below me. So some three-part harmony stuff in that. So it's really important. My my melody is exactly what it should be because of how much they're going to be matching me, right? So for me this week and even today, practicing, I'm in the key of F. Um, we're doing a song by here, uh, There Be Lions, uh, I Speak Jesus. And so the chorus um, is higher than the verse. So this is where the verse is. And it's it's down in this lower range, right? You know, so this is the hard part is executing between the low and the high, right? So for me, when I'm thinking about this, can you hear me? Does that sound good? Nope. You hear those notes? Um, so when I think about the beginning of the verse, it's, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Notice I'm using my finger. I'm thinking through each of those passing tones because it's kind of low, right? Then, over every heart and every mind. And then I'm saying each word, very present, almost as, as if I'm speaking, singing it. So I'm preparing more talking than singing in some ways and just making sure each of those notes are defined. You know, here I'm, and right here is perfect. Declaring, see, I didn't actually hit that note. So like declaring, is that what I'm going to do? Or am I going to, am I going to just hit the D and hit clearing? Declaring, that's probably what I'll do. I won't even put a pitch on the D because I want to scoop into it. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Mm. So I'll visualize that. And that, does that kind of make sense a little bit there? Yeah, yeah. clear. I love that. So um, take us through, like, what, what do you do for the harmony aspect of helping them visualize the notes? That's great. So for them, I'm going to switch the chorus, right? When They're, they're going to join me on the choruses, right? So, so this is in the higher range, right? So it's up here, full octave up. Your name is power. That's how it starts. Your name is healing. Your name, which I have to flip. Get that in my head. Mm -hmm. I have to think about that very target. Your name is alive. And yesterday we were practicing. There's kind of a cool lick there. Live. But we were practicing. I was like, that kind of messes you all up. So I'm going to keep that tone straight across right. so that the three of us can stay together. Mm -hmm. So with me singing that very clearly, your name is power. They, we all did it together and we're all moving at the same time, but it's key for me that I know exactly what I'm singing because they have to match me to really get that tight three part into that. So sometimes I'll concede on a lick as a worship leader. If my lick runs into someone or is distracting or doesn't make that feel tight or honestly just messes them up. It's about serving each other too. One of my singers yesterday said, oh, I really want to do, I like it when you do the up thing. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? But for the guy, precious guy that he is, it's actually singing alto on this song because it's so high. That'll be uncomfortable for him. So no, we're going to stay straight on that just to give it a lot more of a simple, a simple effect. And then the congregation won't be honestly distracted by the cool licks. They'll just sing with us, which is a big part for me. Of creating a vocal line that's simple, mm -hmm. that people want to sing with us, not just stand back and, and spectate. Oh, that was really cool. But, oh, I want to sing with them, if that makes sense as well. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, that brings me back to my vocal college days, too, uh, where, you know, we've constantly thought about the plane. 
you know, and our vocal mm-hmm. directors, our choir directors and, and, um, uh, vocal instructor always was, you know, your hand pitch where the plane is going. And, uh, that made such a difference for me. And I still continue that with our singers. And, um, so I love that. So now you talked about also, you mentioned finding a place in the room yes. and this gets into focus as you lead. So how, how do you, where, what can singers do to find a place in the room? What does that mean? And then also how can they focus on that to lead? Great question. For me, I have a little bit of stage fright. I always have my whole life since the time I was small when I first started playing the piano in church and and stuff. It happens every Sunday, (laughs) even though I've done it so many times. I sometimes have a little bit of just a little angst um, and anxiety about that when I'm up there. Um, And to be truthful from a spiritual perspective, I think sometimes um, I get a lot of spiritual warfare from that because I, I... I feel that, right? So me visualizing and focusing in the room has helped me to almost gear that energy toward, no, God's called me to do this. Be confident. Be confident in your preparation, Cynthia. God's called you to do this. Those are things I say. So in our particular worship center, we have a light on on an alarm system. It's an orange dot all the way in the back of the room. And you can only see it from the stage. And so when I have those moments of whether it's anxiety or just feeling there's something in the room and those of you that lead worship and understand what that feels like. There's a, maybe something's somebody's battling something or you feel that, or maybe it was a rough rehearsal or you just don't feel well, you know, or maybe all of those things combined, having that focus in the room is a great place to steer visually toward and say those affirmations or truths that you know of what God's called you to do, or what maybe even a song a line in the song that you're like, in your mind, just resonating on right now to, to bring you to that place so that when the adrenaline hits or the band forgets the turnaround or, or there's something going on on stage, you have this central place of focus that kind of allows you to separate and just go there with God, go there in in your heart and mind and spirit with that, with that moment. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I too use the exit door sign. In the very back, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a great reminder, a great thing to, for us to keep in our brains. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so I'm putting you on the spot now. This is what we do with all of our guests. We come to this, um, the end of the video where I ask, what's your story? What's my story? What's your story? Wherever you want to start. Oh, oh my goodness. I think where I'd like to start is the fact that When you grow up in the church, my dad was a bivocational pastor, so he had a real job and then a full-time pastor job. And so as a pastor's kid, we get a lot of rap, you know, for sometimes not really hitting the mark um, of what people expect us to be. And so for someone like me that's raising, got two teenagers now, and and my husband and I have been able to plan a church the last 15 years together, um, I still believe that the local church is the hope of the world. And a lot of pastors' kids I know don't have that story. And that does not mean I have not had a life filled with a lot of hurt and pain and suffering. But I am so thankful for the local church and what the church has done in my life, giving me the life that I have to do the things musically that I've always wanted to do. And not all of it necessarily inside the four walls. I really believe we're called to the greater artistic community 
Um, and I love that I've always been able to be a part of that. I'm not just inside for, I don't live inside four walls seven days a week as a worship leader. I'm in our community and I'm a part of the musical scene of our community as well. And I'm so thankful for that. So my story is, I believe the church is the hope of the world. I believe that God has such a plan to use the local church. And I'm so thankful that I've been able to be a part of it with all my flaws, (laughs) with all my mistakes, um, with all my artist weirdness. (laughs) He still gives me the grace to do that and how much I get to be a part of the Mm. larger scope of the artistic community uh, where I live as well. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Cynthia, where can people find you on social media, Instagram? Yes. uh, Instagram, Cynthia.Cullen. You can find me there. That's probably the best way to reach out to me is through Instagram. um, And I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Cynthia, it's a joy. It's a pleasure to have you back on and to do some more vocal stuff. I can't wait for our next few episodes that we can have you back. Thank you. I would love to. Okay. Very good. Awesome. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship team training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.